What's going on, listeners? Welcome to the Professionally Silly Station, recorded on the Anchor app. I'm your audible boo thing, Amber Smiles Jones, and this is the podcast where you can experience some silly, some random, some creepy, and some weird. A little something for everyone. Hosted by me, a melanated goddess slash comedian. And today, I have I've decided to take the creepy side of the road to professionally silly. We are going to talk about urban legends that turned out to be true. So this this is going to be a fun one and very, uh, very interesting, very creepy. So I, I took it upon myself to venture into the dark spaces of the interweb. And when I say dark spaces, I don't mean the dark web. I'm and I'm just I'm too terrified to even browse that. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I feel like the regular internet is terrifying enough. But first, let's discuss what an urban legend actually is. An urban legend is a genre of stories that are told and circulated as true. Usually, they are told by word of mouth, but these days, the internet has taken over on sharing, or shall I say, spreading these urban legends. Now, these stories are usually told for entertainment purposes that are about relatable events like disappearances or things like that. Urban legends eat away at our already over-anxious ideals of fear. And today, we're going to touch on the ones that are actually true. So for a more intense, creepy feel, dim the lights and put on your headphones because shit is about to get real, real creepy. (laughs) We can all go ahead and say that... um, I think we can agree that sometimes reality can definitely be more frightening than anything we could ever imagine. And this may be the reason certain movies do so, you know, they do so well in the uh, horror genre. Movies like The Purge or The Strangers, Paranormal Activity and Saw. Hell, The Strangers was based off of true events from what I understand. So that sounds like a good podcast idea. Horror movies based off true events. I don't know. Tell me what you guys think. Should I do that? (laughs) Call in or uh, text my Google Voice number 805-664-1828 or tweet me on Twitter at TrueSmilesJones. But yeah, um, these movies are fictionally written, but when they happen in real life, you know, that's that's fucking terrifying. (laughs) But that also kind of makes sense because these urban legends are definitely a little bit more creepy because they actually happened. But before we get started, I want to remind you guys to feel free to call in and share your opinion about this or any podcast episode here on Professionally Silly and uh, join in on the silly and the weird and the random and the creepy, you know, or just uh, call in to say, hey, once again, my Google Voice number is 805-664-1828. And you can also text that number as well. Also, guys, I would love it, love it, love it if you would leave a um, review on my podcast via Apple Podcasts or the many other podcast platforms that Professionally Silly is available. I want to see what, uh, you know, what you guys think about the, you know, the station, how how you feel about the podcast. You know, I want to know, I want to know your thoughts, you know. But anyways, let's go ahead and find out what's going on with these urban legends that turned out to be terrifyingly true.
Let's get this bad boy started off with a classic. A word that should never be uttered three times while looking into a mirror. Candyman. A Candyman was a short horror film that was released in 1992. It was based on a short story by Clive Barker. It was a story about revenge. Now, many people don't know this, but the short story Clive wrote was actually about a black artist named Tony Todd, who was murdered in the 1890s for having a relationship with a white woman. Now, of course, it's probably not often that men come from your medicine cabinet to kill you, but there are versions of this story that are true. In 1987, the Chicago Reader published an article about a woman named Ruth McCoy who called 911 telling them that she was being attacked in her apartment. By the time responders got to her, they found her dead. She was killed by multiple gunshot wounds. Police determined that her assailants gained access to her apartment by breaking through the connecting wall in the adjoining apartment next door. They climbed through her medicine cabinet. That, that's, that is, that's some terrifying shit and a wonderful way to start this creepy-ass podcast episode. This one is definitely creepy and also kind of unsanitary. Have you ever heard of the urban legend of filmmakers and haunted houses actually using real dead bodies as props, as decorations? This has always been a joke when I go to haunted houses, you know, with the right lighting and environment. Those props look real AF. They do, you know. The notorious outlaw, Elmer McCurdy, uh, was an American bank and train robber. And uh, he was killed by police in a shootout after robbing a Kathy train in Oklahoma in 1911. Even after death, he was the talk of the town in a very creepy way. His embalmed corpse became a weird sideshow attraction through the entire state of Texas. So if you're anything like me, you're thinking, what the entire fuck? Um, (laughs) this is some creepy shit, but people did creepy shit back in the day for entertainment. There was a time executions were public and people would cheer and even bring their children, you know, and there are some places in the world currently today where public executions are still a form of entertainment. And I guess now there, there's the dark web for those type of people in the U.S. So, oh, that's, that's nice. Um, <laughs> so anyways, we're getting off subject here. There were a lot of people who wanted to see Elmer's body on display. He was a celebrity in a way to them. This was a time where criminals were celebrities from what I understand. So um, <laughs> especially a bank or train robber, the media would always eat that shit up. And a lot of people loved Bonnie and Clyde. You guys remember them. They were notorious in every newspaper, almost around the country from what I understand. So Elmer's body was displayed in funeral parlors and carnivals. And eventually his body ended up in Long Beach, California. 
His body was hung in a fun house at the New Pike Amusement Park. Now, apparently, someone mistook him as a prop and he ended up in a movie. Now, I don't know if any of you have heard of this movie. It's called The Six Million Dollar Man. If you don't, if you've never heard of it, then Google it, okay? We have too much shit to discuss here to be talking about this movie, okay? (laughs) So during filming, uh, a crew member tried to adjust the prop's arm, and when it fell off, (laughs) they then realized it was a real body. Now, this was in 1976. His body was used as a prop and displayed for entertainment for over 60 years years. Now they finally gave him a proper burial the following year and that that is some insane shit and it's also super fucking gross. You know that awkward moment when you're sitting on your porcelain throne and you hear a splash that you didn't create? Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. (laughs) But there is a fear that many people share. The fear of sitting on the toilet and something coming up from the bowl and attacking your booty. (laughs) It's no secret that rats and or snakes can make their way into your toilet, especially in big cities. Or... Maybe it was a secret until now, so sorry about that. So, but as long as you listen for splashes that you didn't make while on the toilet, you should be fine. Fingers crossed. Now, this is something that um, that I thought mothers told their sons in order to keep the toilet seat down. And as a woman, I can tell you firsthand how terrifyingly wet and annoying that experience can be. <laughs> I, for one, have heard many creepy stories about our sewers and what can be inside them. Now, there has been talk for years, you know, decades, about people flushing baby alligators down the toilet. Supposedly, they grow to be full-size gators. I guess they just feed on the strange things people flush down their toilets. I don't know. I, I didn't dig that deep into it, okay? <laughs> now, obviously... Uh, there are there aren't many places snakes can't get into, and the same goes for rats. They squeeze into extremely small places. They have the ability to do that. Did you know that a rat or a mouse can squeeze into holes the size of quarters? Smaller ones can squeeze through a hole that is one fourth an inch in width. Now that's Ugh, <laughs> that makes you think, doesn't it? So maybe you guys should definitely uh, take a look around your homes and find any open gaps or crevices and seal those immediately. Okay. <laughs> now, drain plumbing for toilets is typically three inches in diameter or more. So that is definitely enough space for a rat to fit into. Now, plumbing pipes usually only hold water in the traps. So this means that rats or mice you know, or whatever is in your, in your toilet, they don't have to hold their breath for very long. Believe it or not, there are cities with rat infestation problems where people have reported rats coming through their toilets, even in high-rise buildings. Now, can you imagine finding a rodent or a snake that, that close to your bathing suit area? 
that shit is like domestic terrorism. Okay, maybe not, but that shit is terrifying nonetheless. Okay, <laughs> these animals. Uh, to be now, don't think people don't think about this. A lot of people do not think about this. These animals are attracted to the sewage lines because of the un, un- uh, excuse me the undigested poop, you know the undigested food excuse me in the poop. Think about that. Animals are attracted to the sewage lines because of the undigested food and poop. And they will travel through pipes before they emerge in someone's toilet, obviously. And it's it's going to be a very long and disgusting journey. So whatever creature is, uh, is <laughs> emerges from your toilet, they're not going to be in the best of moods. There's actually a woman who got her ass bitten by a rat in Virginia in the 90s. As a matter of fact, it happens so often in some places. Public officials have given advice on what you should do should this happen to you. So close the lid and flush. That's the advice they give you. It's pretty simple. Also, uh, if bitten, get your ass checked out. I mean, like real talk. In the 1990s, a journalist shared his experience, which he believed to be demonic. On the way home from a movie theater, he was headed to his car and he noticed two young boys standing near it. The two boys looked to be about 11 or 12 years old. He stood there for a second, confused, until all of a sudden he was overwhelmed with fear and he couldn't explain it. One of the children said they wanted to see a movie, but they had forgotten their money. They wanted him to take them home to get their money. Now the journalist found himself too afraid to even look the children in the eyes. He did manage to get a glimpse of the box office movie times, and he realized the last show had already started. So there was really no point to going back to get their money anyway. He told the children that their movie had already likely started and there was no time. One of the children responded, It won't take long. We're just boys. It's not like we have a gun or anything. Now that's a strange thing to randomly say. Needless to say, the journalist was completely freaked out by that and he began to get into his car. As he was doing so, his eyes met with theirs. When this happened, he noticed that their eyes were completely blacked out. As he drove away, the two boys banged on the outside of his car screaming, We can't come in unless you say it's okay. Let us in. Yo, that's some creepy ass shit. Okay. <laughs> what do you what do you uh <laughs> what do you think? Like <laughs> what would have happened if he had let them into his car? You know, would would they have stolen his soul? Maybe his car? I don't know. What do you guys think about this one? You know, one thing is certain had he, he he definitely made the right choice not to let them in his car, really. And now many of you are wondering, well, what's the true story of this? There have been so many sightings of children, or we should say demonic children, with blacked out eyes all over the world. 
Now, there is that one point where I, I thought that I experienced something like that. It, it was so fast. It was dark. I, I don't, I'm not really certain, but I also, when I experienced that, was overwhelmed with fear and I could not explain it, you know? So I just, uh, I gave you a lot to think about while you're lying in bed there in the middle of the night. So you're welcome, listeners. And I'm going to be right back. I'm going to go make sure that the uh, toilet lid is closed. Oh, my bird back. This next one is definitely high on the creepy meter Okay, I'm not the biggest fan of the police, especially as a black woman from Atlanta, Georgia. So (laughs) there is this thing out there called racism. Have you guys heard of this? It's a thing. Okay, (laughs) let me stop. All right, um, moving on. Uh, But police are stereotypically supposed to, you know, they're, they're supposed to help people. They're supposed to keep them safe, you know, protect and serve. That's literally supposed to be their job obviously via internet and personal experiences for a lot of us we know that not to always be the case but in this urban legend the cops may be even more frightening than you once thought there have been stories going around for years about people dressing up as cops and tricking people into pulling over perhaps to rob them or even kill them Many stories circulate about a man dressed as a police officer and he pulls over women alone and he sexually assaults them. It's terrifying to think that the people who are supposed to be protecting you could be the ones who cause your demise. There was a man who dressed himself up as a police officer and would go knock on your door and once you let him in, he would kill you and dismember you into tiny little pieces. In 1974, in the Salt Lake area, Salt Lake City area, something like this happened to a woman named Carol Durange. Now, Carol drove herself to the mall and went to a bookstore. Shortly after that, she was approached by a strange man who identified himself as a police officer. He told her that someone tried to break into her car. She went with him to check her car, as many people would, And when she got to the car, she noticed there was nothing missing or out of place. Not to mention, the policeman reeked of alcohol and he wasn't even driving a patrol car. He was driving a Volkswagen Bug. But he did have the realistic badge. And cops were known to, you know, tilt the bottle every now and then, especially in the 70s. Now, she, for some reason, still got into his car and they left. He then pulled over near an elementary school. This is when she noticed that the passenger side door did not have an easily accessible handle. The man then put handcuffs on her, on one of her wrists, and pulled a gun out on her. Luckily for her, she fought him off as hard as she could and found a way to open the door and she ran for her life. And you'll never guess who that man was. Or maybe you know because you saw the movie recently on Netflix. But the man that she escaped from was Ted 
Bundy himself. Four hours later, he killed another woman in a fit of rage because Carol escaped him. Months later, she is contacted by the police, telling her that they arrested a man that matched the description of the man that attacked her. She pointed Ted out during a lineup, and she later found that police, they found a gym bag full with a mask, an ice pick, and some pantyhose in his car. They also found the keys to the handcuffs that he put onto her. She actually escaped the hands of Ted Bundy. If that's not lucky, I don't know what is. <laughs> God, that's some good. Can you imagine finding out that you escaped the grasping clutches of a serial killer? Wow. Okay, so I've got a few more urban legends that actually turned out to be true coming very soon. But before we get back to that, um, I want to take a second to thank you guys so much for listening to my professionally silly podcast here on Anchor or whichever auditory platform that you chose. Because your Audible Boo thing is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and seven other podcast platforms. And a girl, you know, I get around, okay? But also in other awesome news, if you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, you might want to pay attention to what's next. That's right, guys. Come join the podcasting community and share your voice here on Anchor. If you are already a member of the Smile Squad, I really appreciate your support. And if this is your first time listening to the station, thank you so much for joining me. And if you haven't already, please go ahead and tap that subscribe slash favorite button so that you can be notified whenever I, I upload new podcast episodes because they are weekly. Okay, so let's get back to the urban legends that actually happened. I have to be honest with you. There's a reason I chose that sound to bring us into this next terrifyingly true urban legend. If you've ever stayed in a hotel or a motel room and your bed was lumpy, or maybe there was a foul scent coming from the room that you couldn't explain, hopefully when you were there, this was not your problem. This urban legend has to do with people finding dead bodies under their bed or even inside the mattress or box springs of it. Now, legend has it that there was a couple that checked into a hotel room and they found that their bed was lumpy and the room smelled horrible. Of course, they called the front desk to complain. So they send up a maid to the room to clean it again for them. However, once she left, the smell was still there. So the couple decide to search the room to see if they can find out what was causing such a foul smell. They lifted the mattress to see if maybe there was some food or something like that left under it. But food is not what they found. They found a dead body hidden in the bed springs of their mattress. Well, they certainly discovered what was making their bed so lumpy. Turns out, this urban legend has some truth behind it. 
In 2010, in Memphis, Tennessee, a couple rented room 222 at the Budget Lodge two days after mother of five Sunny Millbrook was reported missing. She was reported missing on January 27th, and her body was discovered in that same room hidden inside the metal frame on March 15th, months later. The couple said the smell was strongest when you sit on the bed, and the motel was aware of the stench and tried to cover the smell with fabric softener sheets hidden in the ceiling tiles, but the smell of a decomposing body was certainly a lot stronger. One might ask, well, why didn't it, why did it take months for them to locate the body? And that's a very good fucking question. It's said that the Memphis Police Missing Persons Unit visited the motel on January 29th, just two days after she was reported missing, but they did not enter the room she was staying in, which was also room 222. Now, Sunny stayed in that room for weeks with her children and the father of four of, fi- of fi- excuse me, the father of four of five of her kids. She has five children and he was the father of four of them. Now, motel workers bagged up her personal belongings and cleaned the room and the workers claimed nothing seemed out of order and the room was rented out again. Now, police finally went back to the motel on February 4th and found that room 222 had been cleaned and rented out at least three other times. Now, once again, police did not go inside the room. They questioned the workers and they were told they hadn't noticed anything unusual. Now, of course, when the couple was complaining about the foul smell, they heard this and they were livid because they complained about the smell for days. Of course, Budget Motel didn't have shit to say about that one, now did they? Now, they obviously didn't clean the room very well because if, if you didn't look between the mattresses of the damn bed at all, <laughs> they're supposed to make sure that the room is clean. And I just feel like a dead body should have been found. I don't know. Now, <laughs> now uh, Lakeith Moody, the father of four of, the ch- of her children, was found guilty of first-degree murder for strangulation death of his girlfriend, Sonny Millbrook. He was sentenced to life in prison. Now, the thing that still gets to me is they rented out that room at least three other times. That means people slept on her dead body for months. There are dozens of newspaper articles about hotels and, and, and that double as body dump sites. This is this is not uncommon, unfortunately. There were cases in Atlantic City, Colorado, Virginia, and Florida as well. Hell, probably all over the country as far as we know. So just so you guys know, this was Budget Lodge in uh, Memphis. This was off East Brooks Road. And, um, you know, I don't think that they're still open anymore. I, I, out of curiosity, I did go online to search this uh, this hotel to see if there were any re- reviews on it. I went to Yelp. I, I, I didn't find anything. I did find something on TripAdvisor.com, and um, there were there's only one review, and the reviewer stayed there in March of 2010. This is the exact month that uh, her body was found, meaning they may have been staying there when her body was discovered. And uh, the review reads, this is the title of it. Bates Motel, and they say, I thought this place was a dump, but a body dump? 
They found a body under the bed in room 222. It had been there for two months. Really? Don't people smell stink when they clean these rooms? Close this place. That's <laughs> that's the review that this person left. Now, I couldn't find any other reviews on it, and I did a Google uh, search to see if I could uh, find more information on the motel, and it's permanently closed, thank goodness. And I, um, I also noticed on Google Maps that the building, it looks like it was torn down or something. So oh, I would have been real pissed if they, if they were still in business after all of that. But one thing I have to say to you guys, listeners, is next time you stay at a hotel or a motel, maybe you should look between the sheets, look between the bed, look under the bed. You just never know. What's up, professionally silly listeners? Before we get back to these terrifying true urban legends, I want to share some awesome information with you guys. If you are digging the Professionally Silly podcast and you would like to support it, now you can. You can contribute monthly contributions as low as 99 cents a month, $4.99 or $9.99 a month right here on the Anchor app. And if you have commitment issues or you don't have the Anchor app, there is always PayPal. www.paypal.me slash Amber Smiles Jones. And to be honest with you, this can actually help bring Professionally Silly to another level. And let's be real. Okay, a lot of time and effort goes into creating this content. And it would be super awesome to have the opportunity to better my podcast and the professionally silly brand. Plus, plus, I got bills, okay? And chasing dreams are expensive AF, all right? So I'm super excited to go on this journey with you guys, Smile Squad. And thank you so much ahead of time for your support and your future contributions. Okay, so let's get back to making everyone uncomfortable and uh, creeped out. Yeah, all right. Okay, Canada, we've got one for you too. Toronto residents, here's looking at you, kid. Um, we have the urban myth of a man in a high-rise law firm building who loved to prove how strong his windows were in his office. He would demonstrate this by throwing his body into the window and he would pretty much bounce off of it. Unfortunately, the last time he did the demonstration, it didn't go well. He crashed through the window and fell to his death. Turns out this actually happened to a man named Gary Hoy. He was a senior partner with a law firm on the 24th floor. In July, July 9th, 1993, Gary decided to show once again how strong his window was to impress some visiting law students. The window pane finally broke from him doing the same demonstration so many times. It sent him plummeting to his death. Now, in an interview, structural engineer Bob Greer was quoted by the Toronto Star saying, I don't know of any building codes in the world that would allow a 165-pound man run up against a glass and withstand it. In another interview, the firm's spokesman said, It wasn't the glass that broke, 
but it popped out of its frame. Jesus, ain't that some shit. Moral of the story, don't show off how strong your windows are. As a matter of fact, they're just made for looking. Don't touch your windows at all. Just stay about two feet away from them and you should be good. I certainly hope that you guys are enjoying this podcast episode because I've got one more true story to share with you. Have you ever been home alone and you think you hear strange sounds that you can't explain? You tell yourself it's just the building settling or, oh, it's just the old pipes or maybe it's all in my head. Or perhaps you have experienced the unsettling feeling that someone is watching you. This urban legend will definitely change your way of thinking the next time you hear something you can't explain when you're home alone. A family of four lost their mother in a horrific accident. They were hoping to start a new chapter in a new town. Shortly after moving, the eldest daughter met a boy in town that she liked. They started spending a lot of time together, but after a while, He became oddly aggressive, so she decided to end things with him. He, of course, didn't agree with her decision. Later on, she began to hear incessant scratching and banging sounds around the house. Sometimes things in the home would just go missing. She told her father what was happening, but he just assumed she was upset about her mother's death. She became so frightened that she refused to stay in the house when her father wasn't there. Now, if he wasn't home, her and her sister would just stay out of the house until he was able to be home. Now, this continued until one day she found the boy standing in her closet in her dead mother's wedding dress holding a hatchet. She ran out of the house screaming and called the police. When the police showed, there was no evidence that anyone else was in the home. But it wasn't until an officer went to search the basement when he noticed that something was a little off about the washing machine. It was in a weird place. He asked for backup and they moved the washing machine and there was the boy hiding in a cubbyhole. It was later found that he snuck into their home through an open window in the basement. He made a small space inside the wall where he kept personal belongings of hers. The boy was arrested and his prints were taken. They learned he was wanted for murder of another family not too far down the road. Woo! <laughs> I legit feel like I just saw this on an Investigation Discovery Channel or something before, okay? <laughs> Many similar stories like this one have happened all over the world and there is actually a trending video on YouTube where a man in Japan noticed that uh, some of his food was disappearing in his apartment now he blamed on his girlfriend at the time and she denied it annoyed that she wouldn't just admit that she was eating the food he decided to you know hide a camera in his home to catch his girlfriend red-handed in the act except 
when he looked at the footage, it wasn't his girlfriend eating his food. He found that a 58-year-old homeless woman was living in the top compartment of a closet of his closet in his kitchen. Now, when he saw the footage of her climbing out of the closet, he called the police. Apparently, this woman pretty much lived there for a long time and noticed over a year prior to being arrested for trespassing, she noticed that the door was unlocked and she let herself in every now and again. After a while, she was able to pull a small mattress inside there. She even took showers when he wasn't home. There was even footage of her peeing in his sink. Look, <laughs> listeners, I advise that you check your house and make sure you bitches ain't living. I know bitches living inside your walls, okay? Because uh, that is some terrifying stuff. And I guarantee it, if you look it up, you will find a lot of stories of people discovering that there have been others living in the walls or in the basements, or even in the attics of people's homes, and they weren't aware of it. That is some scary shit. I'm going to be right back. I'm going to just um, have a little once-over my studio apartment, just make sure, and we're okay. It didn't take long. It's a studio apartment. What do you want from me? As entertaining and interesting as urban legends are, one must wonder, where do these stories originate from? Why are they so popular? The answer may be that the legend was actually true. I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast episode and will share it with a friend or someone who loves a good, creepy, true story. And if you want to follow me on my uh, other social medias, I've got TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and a few others, along with clickable links in the description box of all of my YouTube videos on my channel, which is also called Professionally Silly. So follow, subscribe, fan me, whatever you want to call it. Let's laugh together. Once again, I'm your audible boothang, Amber Smiles Jones, and thank you so much for listening to the Professionally Silly Station here on Anger FM, where I take my silliness seriously. (laughs) So feel free to call in about any episode of Professionally Silly that you've heard. And uh, you know, if you don't have the Anchor app, you can call or text my Google Voice number 805-664-1828. Tell me which episode that you've listened to and share your opinion, whatever it may be. Until next time, my loves, watch where you step because there's pieces of shit everywhere. And one of those huge pieces of shit happens to be in the White House right now. So 